Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well met, fellow adventurers. Back to Proving Ground 6. This time we're doing the Ghost Patrol. Begin. At the conclusion of the previous part, Ormuk turns and whispers something to a young man standing just off his left shoulder. The young man immediately nods and washes off, darting up a narrow set of wooden steps set against the back wall of the cellar. He disappears out of sight somewhere above, and Ormuk looks back at you. Wait here. You must be near to exhaustion, he says, glancing around at the others present, obviously seeking someone in particular. And a food and drink brought to you. There is much to be done. Before any, any of that, you and I must talk. There are things I would very much like to know. And things you need to know. We'll sort all that out momentarily. As Olmark moves off. Taking the two, two other men with him. We take a seat at a cluttered table near the middle of the womb. We leave to at last remove the strain from your legs. As you relax your weary limbs. Owls. Final, haunting words. Repeat amidst a jumble of thoughts churning in your heads. You have them! You have them! One! Don't stop! Your heart skips a beat as the meaning of the companion's last words suddenly dawns on you. Hurriedly, you dig through your belongings, searching for the leather-bound journal you've gone to great length, great pains to protect for so long. There, tucked in with a book you discovered... Hidden beneath the floor of five knots in Inmigsbrook are two similar texts, each bound in leather, and each filled with page upon page of the same code of intricate symbols. You now possess all three of the journals. 
The very books the young maid Corinth was supposed to put to use, a plan suddenly raised when he met an untimely demise in the bone pit, the very prison from which you were able to effect Owl's rescue. You stare down at the three journals and vow you will not let the information they contain die, along with the man those mission to retrieve them has. In a way he could not he couldn't have possibly conceived ultimately reach its conclusion. As you catch sight of Ormek making his way towards you, with a steaming bowl clutched in his large hands, you carefully replace the journals amongst your other possessions. You have no intimate desire to make known the timely gifts bestowed upon you by a trusted companion so recently departed. So at that very moment, you make another silent and solemn vow. If indeed, Tormetha, the witch of Carson, yet lives, you will see the cruel death of your friend and companion avenged. And now... Your respite in the cellar proves short-lived. Ormet tells you that as the tunnels below have been compromised for the enemy, it won't be long until they discover this place. The base from which the rabble have launched their most recent endeavours against the sorcerer lord of Carson. The white-haired Ormek, his thick arms and broad soldiers, betraying what you assume to be an immense reserve of physical might, reveals that Owl has related to him. A great deal about you. Puzzled as to how this might have happened, owing to your companion's ultimate demise in the tunnels, but you have little reason to doubt it. You need to drink this, he says, removing a stoppered vial from a leather bag slung at your side. A thick black liquid swirls round inside the vessel, and its already pungent, unappealing aroma is nearly enough to make you gag. Tastes much worse than smells, I'm afraid. But hope you ward off the magic that keeps the rest of the city docile. Without it, you'll suddenly, you'll soon find yourself at the mercy of those unwilling to extend you the send you such courtesy. You take hold of the vial and carefully study the thick liquid that seems perpetually swirl inside the narrow container. Olwok is suddenly called away to speak to the two men just coming down in the cellar, leaving you alone with the strange elixir. Now, I'm just going to choose whether or not to drink it. So, it, you can use divination, woodmanship, acarnia, or thievery to have a look at it. I'll use woodmanship. 24 speeds of woodmanship. You do not recognise the properties of any particular toxins known to you after carefully examining the vial. While well, certainly this is not such any sort of poison, you're not sure what effect drinking it might have. Well, it's been given by by a friend of Owl, so I trust it. Drink the la- black liquid in the vial. Olomark's words ring true. You wince and nearly gag as the thick, foul-swelling black liquid rolls out of the vial and slivers down your throat. Thankfully, there is very little of it to swallow. Within only a few moments, the vessel has been drained. The white-haired leader of the wabble soon returns to your side, and you hand him the empty vial. Olmuk places the empty vial in a leather bag at his side, then bluntly asks you if you are in possession of the three journals 
The question catches you off guard, though you fully expected to face it at some point. Without a second thought, you apply a new alternative. He nods and tells you to keep them safe. You are to hold on to them and must guard them with your life, he says. Any hope we have left is scrawled across the pages of those troublesome books. It's not yet known if we'll ever be able to make use of them. But there remains at least a lone hope to that end. We shall see. We shall hope and pray, and ultimately, we shall see. You must not make mention of the journal to anyone. They were known to Al, of course, and they known to me. Few others share in his confidence, for these are uncertain days. Friend and foe are not easy to dis not as easy to discern as they once were. Follow me. You walk behind the bulky, white-haired man as he leads you to the door at the far side of the cellar. He opens it and quickly ushers you into a dark passage beyond. We will be near to the street soon, he says, as you feel the passage gradually begin to slope upwards. The place we're headed to has always been safe, Soup. I hope all is still well there. If it isn't, I'm afraid I'm stuck to find another such spot. The passage comes to the end at a rusted iron gate grate, which almost promptly moves to the side. When the two of you have passed through the circular opening it covered, he once again puts the heavy object back into place. Then you continue along the sloping and ever-widening corridor till it levels out and becomes what you suspect to be recognised to be a dry sewer tunnel. Right up there, he says, pointing ahead to a crumbling set of stone steps lead up to a shadowy arch. Just a bit more. The ascent proves treacherous, but you manage to retain your footing on the ancient stair. Reaching the top and passing through the arch, you find yourself in a small alcove at the foot of a wooden ladder that stretches up into the darkness ahead. You reach out to touch the ladder, curious to discover how sturdy it might prove to be. But companion is quick to snatch your hand away. Take care of that! He says sternly. Amok tells you the ladder is protected with magic. The Grand Century isn't the only sorcerer at work in this city, he says in a somewhat triumphant tone. Though I'll be the first to tell you that I'm in any way prepared to directly engage him. Malice and utter disregard for the sanctity of life tend to tip things in his favour, as you might guess. You hear a faint click from somewhere in the darkness overhead, and Ormulic nods as he places his hand on one of the ladder walls. That means it's safe, he says. All right, Soup, you go first. I'll tr- trust this whole thing to hold both of us at once. Without hesitation, you firmly grip the ladder, begin a slow and cautious ascent into shadow. You climb through the ceiling of the alcove, and into a narrow, vertical shaft. A faint light from above splashes down the walls of the stone shaft, provides some degree of comfort as you continue your ascent into the unknown. Suddenly, you are surrounded by voices, and several arms take hold of your own, hoist you off the ladder and out of the shaft. You're set down on your feet in a small, roughly circular room, in the midst of nearly a dozen shadowy figures. You're among friends, issues a voice from somewhere among the gathered frigors. Three bright lights, lamps, suddenly flare to life, 
and shower the chamber in a rich golden glow. The figures surrounding you are all young men. At least half of them wear cloth masks that cover their faces beneath their eyes. Almok steps out of the shaft, gripping over, tripping over the ladder in the process, but manages to maintain his balance. He immediately calls for Shiro as a middle-aged man, his face covered with a red cloth mask, steps forward and meets him in a shoulder cross. So where is it? I didn't lay up, climb up that wicked old thing, not to lay my eyes upon it. Quill holds up his left hand and proudly displays his thumb and two remaining fingers. Well, well, the wound has seemed true enough, says Ormok. Better those in your legs or your head. You'll be avenged, you all. We'll all be avenged soon enough. What have you for me? Ormok speaks with Cyril at length, while the other men present introduce themselves to you in turn. Each of the men seems awed by your presence, and you sense that word of your impending arrival long preceded the actual event. You're surprised to discover that men know all about ours recent past it. You only summarise word must have been sent ahead. Do you still find the revelation somewhat startling? Cyril and Oramak appear at your side, and you learn that the Wabble lost seven men in the last two nights. We can spare no more men, says Almok. The dark magic of the enemy polluting the streets above can hope for nothing more than sporadic victories would earn us nothing. The ghost patrol must be dealt with were we to embark on the last stage of our tasks. Are we ready to handle those wagons? The white-haired leader of the dwindling resistance turns and stares expectantly at Saw. The masked man nods. We're going to remove that fawn in the hours before dawn, says Hill. I fall four parties of four men each. One party to deal with each of the coaches. After the night, we just may find things tipped a bit in our favour. At least for a time. McTurns places his broad hand on your shoulder. And this is the man who may tip things just a bit further, he said. He is perhaps the most important role left to play in all of this. Yet we can't afford not to use his legendary talents on tonight's mission. Perhaps it's about time you learned a bit about what we call the Ghost Patrol. Onomwak and Cyril launch into a brief but detailed account of what Wabble was long referred to as the Ghost Patrol of Cardson. You learn that four coaches, each drawn by a visible single horse and without any visible rider, roll through the city in the hours after the city's curfew goes into effect. These wagons spread about the sorcerer's lord's poisonous magic, says Cyril, interrupting all of his wandering account without apology. Insidious and powerful magic goes to work wherever these coaches pass. Those awake drift into deep slumber. Those asleep find their deep dreams invaded. The ghost patrol is not the source of, of the magic that keeps keeps this city asleep by night and blinded by day, but it is the means to preserve the spell that long ago took hold of Cardson 
a spell that makes those those it silently possesses venomously opposed to even the mere suggestion. Designs both wicked and deep hiding behind the benevolent facade of their kindly sorcerer king. Spell we hope to break, at the very least weaken. Ask them how it is they were immune to the effects of the spell. The claim has ensnared the entire city, blinding its citizenry to the cruelty and injustice that for two hundred years has maintained control of the once glorious city-state. We are not immune, but we are far more resilient than we might otherwise be, Cecil. Your friend and companion, the Owl, a dear brother to us all. May, have already, may he have already found a restful sleep. Gave us the means to resist the spell. The black elix- elixir I've been, to, I've been told you drank is, of course, his creation. And in many ways, our salvation. Learn that before Owl created the black elix- elixir, Rabble could not stay within the walls of Carlson. Instead, the group launched its attack against the minions of the Grand Century, with bases hidden in the rugged terrain that surrounds the city. The elixir has allowed us to move into the city and to obtain trusted allies among those it has freed from the grasp of the sorcerer's spell. Zolomek, without it, all hope would long ago have perished on some lonely hillside miles from here and this very day might never have dawned. The wagons must be stopped, says old Marek. I've all, we've hardly enough of the elixir left to ourselves, but we're working to make more. With the ghost patrol gone, the task of finding and providing certain key citizens of this great city with our potion will be possible. With their help, we can begin the final stage of this struggle and turn time and tide against our enemy. Somewhat taken aback, we should approach you and formally ask you to join him on tonight's endeavour to halt the ghost patrol. When you tell him you would be honoured, he indicates a shoulder cross, tells you that the honour is his. I know scant details of some of what You've passed through to each, as here, he says, making obvious reference to your lengthy trek from the shores of Car- Sangard Island to Carnson. Your presence among us means more to me than the other, other men ever can, and the other men that can ever be expressed. Thank you, Soup. Holmlech takes you aside, tells you to take care on the way. Don't care to have your first engagement with us in the city, the one that entails such high risk, he says, wouldn't even consider it had I not the greatest of faith in your abilities. Owl doesn't, uh, that is, didn't dole out praise where it wasn't warranted. You come to us bearing his highest esteem. I wish you luck, Soup. May the old father look after all of our brave souls this night. On my course, Tozu, and upon your return, taken to someone who will reveal to you much. What has thus far remained hidden or obscured. She's a great here. Seer, currently in the city, he says. 
She hides beneath the very nose of a foe that would undoubtedly delight in her destruction. For he knew the meddlesome part she's played in forcing some of his best laid designs. She's become key to what may prove to be our final endeavour. Perhaps our very last strand of hope. Cyril steps to your side and tells Olamak he must set out at once. Gurib, Gurib and Aulanok will be with us, he says. He tells the white-haired leader of the wabble, we will see an end to the ghost patrol. Olamak wishes you both luck, but warns you to take flight if things go wrong. Destroying the wagons is a victory like none other, he says, but I need the living and the breathing for the last stage of this. Cyril nods and bids Olmec farewell. Before you head for the tunnels that will take you out of the latest of the Wabble's hidden lairs, Cyril hands you a blue cloth mask. Helps you fasten it so it covers your entire face below the eyes. We don't go anywhere near the streets without wearing one. To be recognised as a member of our Wabble is to stick your head in the hangman's noose. You, you leave the hidden lair in the company of Cyril and not far along the first tunnel you're joined by Olok and Glenlock, two, two veteran members of the Wabble. Cyril introduces you. Both men seem genuinely honoured to be in your presence. We'll be after the wagon that patrols the eastern side of the city, says Cyril. His explanation of the impending endeavour only truly of benefit to you. A driverless wagon that enjoys spreading its poison is going to find itself in for a rough spot tonight, wouldn't you say, Arlac? Arlac glances over at Cyril and nods. As you proceed through the tunnels, the one beneath the city seats, Cyril tells you it has been cardsing for five long years. To all of those, the wabble counted among, and at, at of all those, the wabble counted among its ranks when he arrived. Only seven remain. New faces have been brought into the fight from far wide, he says. But the heart of the resistance has grown tired. It's been a bitter and brutal fight, he says. Alan Ark and Irib can easily tell you that much. Our pleas for hope from outside have largely gone unheard, and as you've seen this yourself, the moment we seem to gain a foothold on this treacherous slope, it all comes crumbling down around us. Owl's death has set us back, perhaps irreparably, and Orlin's passing was a staggering blow. But we got you, says Grib, nudging you on the shoulder. A nigger figured someone like you would find yourself caught up in this. But then it's not just Cardson's fight in it, is it? If we don't end it here, there's not going to be any place one could hope to run to and find safety. The tunnel you're following begins to slope upwards, and smaller passages begin blanching off from it at semi-regular intervals. Sybil seems, seems unaffected by the sudden maze of tunnels. Walk us up to the street, he says. No more talking. Cyril leads the three of you up and out of the tunnels and into an alley that's barely wide enough to fit two men abreast. Following him swiftly through a succession of deserted lanes and twisting streets, 
brings you at last to the back door of a cooper's place. Unluck fiddles with the lock and gains the four of you entry to a small but well-ordered establishment. In total darkness, you make your way to the front of the shop and your seal tells you you'll wait for the arrival of the ghost patrol. The cloth mask that covers your face, which started out as of annoyance, has become almost unbearable. Still, despite the discomfort, you dare not even adjust it, fearing it may fall off altogether and leave you without the disguise that's obviously prized by your companions. Two of us will, will relay the coach when it arrives to seal. The other two will slip up and put these inside. He holds up a pair of earthenware orbs and hands one to you and Grip. You carefully study the strange object. The earthenware orb will not appear as an item in your inventory. One of those will destroy the wagon if placed inside of it, he says, looking each of you in turn. We've all got one, so with any luck, one of us will be able to get theirs into the coach. There's a window at the back, which may prove to be the most accessible spot. So how the orbs will bring about the destruction of the wagon. Our luck will see to that, he says. He's to stay at the side side of the lane. I'll stop the coach, and the two of you will come up from behind it. We've never tried to stop the patrol at all, so we'll need to be ready for anything. Things go awry. Flee. We flee. No intention of dying tonight. The time creeps by as you sit in the dark of the Cooper's shop with your three companions. You speak in a mix of low tones and whispers while nervously awaiting the arrival of the driverless wagon. Cyril seems particularly ill at eve, ease and rises from time to time to crack open the door and peer along the deserted street. To almost two hours, the tense verge, Virgil is broken by the sudden and unmistakable sound of a wagon's wheels turning into the, onto the lane. The four of you swiftly rise and wait with bated breath for the arrival of your anticipated target. Silently, you follow the others as they slip out of the door onto the darkened street. So our whispers remind us to each of you as the sound of, of the approaching wagon grows louder and more pronounced. Awalak, you ought to stay here. I'll head it off, he says. Zoop, you and Grib are to move up behind. Get the orbs into the back of it. Fall those fails, roll it under. When you've done it, don't linger. Get back to this spot and make for that ally. Ali, Alak, when we're on our way back there, that's when you do your part. Cyril points to a narrow space between the Cooper's shop and adjacent Spone building. There's Silly. Wait now. Here he comes. Wait now. Wait now. Not to my word. You watch with fascination as horror as a small coach drawn by a single horse rolls slowly into view. Heading east along the lane, thin but discernible grey mist sweeps up out of the wagon filling the air with a soft haze as it proceeds steadily in your direction. Sweet aroma seems to accompany the mist. As described to you, there is no driver aboard the coach, 
Now, he says Cyril, as he and Arok slip, slip off to step in front of the wagon, with your heart pounding. You dart off into the shadows and move up towards the wheel of the passing wagon. Grilib trails only a few yards behind. The slow rolling wagon lurches to a stop as Cyril and Arok step boldly out in the street in front of it. As you move swiftly up towards the back of the coach, your eyes focused on a small window set high into its rear wall. You can hear Cyril speaking in a soothing tone to the horse. Grib draws up to you at your side, glances at you, his white hand clutching the earthen red orb given to him by Cyril. You tighten your grip on the orb in your grasp as you begin covering the last few yards separate you from the back of the wagon. Suddenly, a gust of warm air surges out from the window at the back of the coach, striking you with nearly enough force to knock you off your feet. Quib cries out in alarm and drops his orb as the mighty blast of air spins him around. The wind reverses course and howls past you again, before assuming a new and deadly form. You fall back, Gaze in horror as two massive fire elementals rapidly take form out of the searing wind. Immediately recognise these fearsome flame beings to be the same sort that were responsible for the grisly destruction of Bear Path Lodge and the deaths of Arlen, his wife, and others. Grim steps to forward to engage the foremost of the elementals but is immediately enveloped by a blazing creature. His da- ghastly death cry echoes along the deserted street, filling you with anger and dread. The pale, towering elementals turn and stride in your direction. Realising you must somehow attempt to get the orb, orb, get your orb into the coach, your mind races as you hurriedly try to determine your next course of action. So, I could flee. I'm not doing that. I could attempt to reach the back of the wagon. Or, I could engage the fire elementals. Hmm. Thing is, we can't really do anything with these elementals around. So, I'm going to engage them. Two, the two fire elementals surge forward. Their writhing limbs of flame stretching out towards you. As they make their rapid approach, you fall back and strategically position yourself to face these blazing terrors one at a time. It's a blazing fire elemental. It blazes brightly as it strikes out at you. Engulfed by the flames of enemies attack, 20 damage, then 25, then 23. Ah, stop setting me on fire! Then 22, then 24. Ah, too much fire, then 20, and slain, fuel, 136. With the deafening war, the first of the fire elementals vanishes, leaving behind only a narrow column of grey smoke. You've barely had time enough to draw a breath when the sound of, me- of the menacing beings is upon you. When the sound of the second of the menacing beings is upon you, lashing out wildly through its long, willowy limbs of flame, 
It's a blazing fire elemental once more. I'm going to uh, quick combat it. And it is slain. Phew! 137 experience. The second of the two fire elementals vanishes as you land your final blow, leaving only a thin column of pungent smoke in its wake. Without a second thought, you rush forward and <coughs> lob the earthenware orb into the back of the wagon. Then, with Seal's desperate shouts ringing from across the street, you turn and sweep streak off into the direction of your masked companion. Gonna heal now. You reach the far side of the alley and are joined by Seal and Hammock at the mouth of the alley. Hammock opens his mouth and is about to speak when a massive explosion from behind you shakes the ground and causes your heart to skip two beats. The blast war reverberates along the deserted lane. You turn to see tall crimson flames and a column of thick black smoke rising, rising from the charred, rising up from the charred remains of the wagon. Okay, we've done our, t we've done what we said we'll do. Let's get out of here. Get out, all you two. Get out. Get way back. I can handle these flaming things. I've done it before. I don't think you can. For Grib, cries Amrock, his grimes face, grimes to face, betraying no discernible ocean. Come on, let's go. That was either mine or yours, says Cyril, stepping over to your side as Amrock departs along the now alley. I'd rolled on un well under the front of it, but as you can see, I'm not without heart points along the streets and about 50 yards from the scene of the terrible blast. You spot the horse that drew the coach, trotting away at a steady clip. Yay! The horse is okay! You are... I'll have taken him with us if he had some place to keep it, he says, his voice rising to combat the loud crackle of the blade. Blaze now consuming the wagon's wenomates. Come on. Old Amek has the right idea. Let's go. Noah's eyes suddenly widen. He thrusts his outstretched finger in the direction of the burning coach. You look to where he's pointing and your heart sinks. Rising up out of the flames that have enveloped the wreckage are three large fire elementals. The trio of flaming beings surge towards you at a speed you cannot hope to outrun. Standing on the silver to shoulder with Cyril, you pull yourself into a defensive stance. Prepare to engage the first elemental to weep. Weep you. Not, not, not like they'll have. Not like this. They won't have us. Cries Sarah through crunched teeth. Not like this. Blazing fire elemental strikes. Blazes brightly as it strikes out at you. Gulf by flames for twenty-two, then twenty-one, then thirty-one. Okay. Ooh, I've just waved into battle rage. This is for Grimoire. Ah! An owl! And other people! 30, 136 XP. A ghastly howl rises into the air as the blazing elemental vanishes, leaving only a thick column of pungent grey smoke in its wake. 
immediately find yourself engaged with the second of the fearsome fiery being. So another blazing fire elemental. I'm just going to quick combat that because I think it works better that way. It is slain. 136 experience. And heal. Two wailing howls soar into the dark sky. As both you and Cyril dispatch your elemental foes almost simultaneously. Wow, Cyril is good. You fall back to avoid the thick smoke that surged billows in their way. You're about to turn and head for the alley when a fierce, deafening war momentarily drowns out the crackle of the nearby inferno. The gaze swings back towards the burning wagon. Rising out of the flaming wreckage is a massive fire elemental formed in the likeness of a hideous serpent. One! By the All-Father, one! Seems Squirrel Sewer as he falls back towards the alley. Without warning, the serpent of fire stretches wise its blazing jaws and surges down at you. So I've got a few options here. I can just dodge. I can use shadow magic, fortification, or elementalism. Mm, I'll just use fortification because that's the greatest chance of success. It succeeded. 24 XP to fortification. A shimmering field of silver and sparkles surrounds you. Only a split second before the arrival of the fire serpent's massive head. The serpent's head slams into your magical barrier, and the fearsome beast of flame quickly recoils. Your timely and successful summonation of your magic has spared you the waff of the fiery serpent's deadly attack. The serpent of fire draws back its bulky, flame-hawed head, and hisses as it prepares to strike again. You realise at once you must either hold your ground against this menace, or flee at once. Cyril's desperate cries suddenly reach your ears, rising above the wall of the blazing serpent. This way, run, run. No, I haven't. I've just checked, and I should be able to beat it, and I can't let this thing run amok. So I'm going to hold my ground and engage the serpent of flame. A shrill hiss issues from issues forth from the gaping mouth of the, mouth of the serpent of flame as the fearsome elemental creature lunges at you, shooting out its long neck of fire as it attempts to envelop and consume you. The serpent of flame. The fire erupts all around you as the serpent of flame strikes. Yeah, keep striking. I'm going to battle wage. Hey! Stop trying to eat me! It's uncomfortable! Alright, that was surprisingly evil. It didn't do any damaging specials on me. 267 experience points. Your victory over the fearsome serpent of fire leaves Sewell's mouth agape as he stares at you with an awestruck expression. We had but a dozen more like you, he cries, stepping into the alley. Come, we cannot remain here. No sooner have the words left his lips, four more of the fire elementals spring forth from the blaze that now consumes the wagon. 
You sprint across the lane and follow Sidor into the alley. You rush along the alley, shoulder to shoulder with Cyril, moving away from the scene of the attack. You covered less than 15 yards when Arlok's piercing shriek from somewhere in the darkness ahead makes your blood run cold. Together, you sprint to the end of the alley and turn to a narrow lane just in time to see Arlok drop to the ground as his body is consumed by a raging blaze. Geralt Cyril grass, and the two of you step back as four large fire elementals rise up from the charred remains of your fallen companion. The fearsome beings of flame surge towards you, their blazing limbs outstretched before them. You bravely step forward and intercept the first of the two, ele- first of the two elementals. The approach of the first two elementals, leaving the remaining pair for Cyril. Blazing Fire Elemental, one of two. Quick combat. Now, two of two. 137 XP. The first elemental dissolves into a thick, billowing column of smoke. You step forward and boldly engage the second of your flaming foes. Quick combat that. It is slain. 265 experience. The elemental vanishes with a howl, leaving only a column of grey smoke in its wake. You turn to your right and spot Cyril struggling to fend off the last of the fiery beings. Without hesitation, you leap to his side and take over the fight, striking out savagely at your blazing foe. It's a blazing fire elemental. And I'm fighting it. Okay, it's bash, 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 bash. Ooh, I got it down. I got it down without it getting a single special in. Lucky me. 39 XP. You stagger backwards as the elemental being suddenly vanishes. Leave behind only a thin trail of smoke that rises into the dark pre-dawn sky. Cyril, nursing his left hand, which was badly singed in the encounter, thanks you, and at once the two of you set off along the alley. Despite having lost two companions on the, on the way, there was little time to reflect on it. Cyril seems unaffected by the loss as you move swiftly along with his heels, following him through a maze of narrow streets and twisting alleys. You suddenly realise he's doubling back to the scene of the attack on the wagon. You arrive at the mouth of the alley and are once, once assailed by the pungent odour of smoke. Peering out of the border lane, you spot the dozen burning wa- you spot the burning wagon several dozen yards to your left. The thick smoke rising up from the shattered, wa- shattered wreckage fills much of the steep street. Well, it's done," says Cyril. You stand staring at the deserted, smoke-filled street. The distant tolling of a bell inexplicably fills you with dread. Cyril turns to you and tells you the bell is only sounding the arrival of the hour. It's quick to agree, which is a lonely, haunting sound. It isn't like our enemies to so readily reveal themselves, he says. Only when they're protecting something of great importance 
or seeking to cripple us with the devastating attract we encounter till they appear in their true form, the beings of fire we just encountered. It appears our attack on the wagons may land them a staggering blow, even should the setback prove only temporary for them. You tell Cyril that you, that you have once before encountered such fiery beings at the burning of the Bear Path Lodge, where Oren and others met their fate. The companion nods sol- solemnly. I was saddened to learn of his passing, he says. At one time, our wanks boasted Orlin, Owl and Unwok. We only have Orlin Wank now, of course. But we're not yet utterly without hope. After all, we're now proud to count you amongst us. Suddenly, a stabbing pain shoots through your head. You feel violently ill. Your vision blurs. For a moment, the sounds of the outside world are replaced by a loud, doning brush. The sudden unpleasant sensation rapidly passes. In a few moments, the effects it induced have all disappeared. That Cyril steps forward and helps you retain your footing. For that reason, we're thankful to have the elixir, he says. Obviously, we're throwing to the swelling black liquid in the vial that was given to by Ormok. We can all thank Al for that. It was truly remarkable. Cyril tells you that the elixir wards off the effects of the dark magic employed by the Grand Century's minions. The very magic that keeps the populace of Cardson at bay. You ask Cyril what the sensation means. He tells you that it's likely the Rouse men are close, closing in. They're coming to see what's halted the wagon. Though I dare say they've already guessed, he says. Come on, let's go. We do ourselves no favours by lingering here. That, the two of you swiftly set off on your return trek. The news of the deaths of Orlok and Willib are met with silence. Half dozen men gathered in the new lair that houses what remains of the wagon. Orlok is pleased to learn the destruction of the wagons, but the loss of valuable members tankers any elation might otherwise been moved to display. The white-haired leader of the wabble takes Cyril aside and speaks with him at length. Colour drains from Cyril's face and he listens to what Olmec has to provide. When the discussion is ended, Olmec moves over to you and Cyril departs presumably into bark on some other task that's just been given to him. Pieces have been put into place as Olmec as he draws up to you, but the cost was high. We have paid dearly for what amounts to our last great hope. I will now take you to the sea I have spoken of. Keep those journals safe. She will most certainly wish to lay her hands upon them. You learn that seven of the twelve men that took part in raids on the ghost patrol did not return. All four wagons that were targeted were destroyed. But Ormuk does not seem to conclude the mission was a success. If destroying the wagons and focusing the attention of Vladimir on the streets was the only measure of victory, then we succeeded beyond all hope, he says. The loss of seven of our number hits us hard, though, and leaves us with no room for mistakes and dwindling prospects. 
We must reach the seer, you and I. There is no time for delay. Omnic walks over to an archway on the east side of the chamber and pauses. He speaks in a hushed tone to two men standing nearby, and they swiftly depart. The seer is under our home protection, and it's not certain that we will be considered welcome guests, he says, the revelation surprising you. She and those who surround her are not necessarily sympathetic to our cause or the affairs of this world. Pray to say, concern her only in passing, she is, however, no ally of our enemy. At the very least, we have that. And that enemy is, of course, the Grand Century. Olmec turns and glances about the chamber before moving into the passage beyond the arch. You quickly follow. As you bump, step through the arch and into the shadowy passage, you bump into two masked men moving out of the dark tunnel. You instinctively apologise, and one of the men nods in response, slapping on the shoulder as he passes. The other, taller than the first, his eyes fixed intently on you, seems about to speak, but he suddenly turns, continues into the room. You glance back at him, but are quickly forced to return your attention to the tunnel you're entering as you hurry to keep up with Omelrick. Not for the first or last time, your thoughts drift away, fluttering far from these dark passages, the wagged deaths of men, and the fire and death that has served as his heartening first glimpses of Carson. Images of Stargard Keep, of the stark silhouette of its imposing keep, of the sinister, masked face of the Thane whose fortress has become, and of the star-filled sky that heralded the outset of your long and perilous mission. All pass through your thoughts in a blink of an eye. Your mind swiftly returns to present as you move up to the side of your silent companion. Hope that the seer, whom Olmrak has spoken so highly, will be able to make plain that which others have so far only hinted at. Perhaps then you will finally be able to align both your heart and mind in the struggle, the outcome of which will be in to think of severe and lasting consequences that reach far beyond the walls of the Sorcerer Lord's city. That finishes this event, this scenario, for 3,072 experienced in general, and 384 experienced to all skills and powers. So, the next one is A Seer in the Shadow. And that's the last one of part three. But that will be for another time. I'm going to save now. Now, until then, farewell, fellow fellow adventurers. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. 
VLN's Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.